Hello and welcome to my show, Could You Be More Specific? I'm your host, Jonathan Steele, and on this episode of Could You Be More Specific, coming to you through the way of the Stay Woke Podcast, I want to address the Kyrie Irving situation that's going on with him right now in Boston. And what I want to talk about is the big picture. And along with me addressing that, I'm also going to tie in my thoughts on Dave Chappelle on a recent interview I just watched with him on the Me Too movement. But I really want to start first with Kyrie Irving. Now, I know Kyrie Irving just recently had Uncle Drew came out. Uh, It did pretty well. Seems like overall with people who saw it from a critical standpoint and so far from an audience standpoint, it's been pretty good. Uh, I am planning on going to see it. Uh, Obviously, it's based off of his famous commercials. But uh, I just want to kind of keep in mind with the whole Kyrie thing. I know it's been this thing where it's a, a rumor that he may end up leaving Boston after this year, after this upcoming season to go to New York or Brooklyn with Jimmy Butler. And one of the things I want to talk about in regards to Kyrie Irving, because there was a story that came out that said he never wanted LeBron on the team because he he wanted it to be his own thing. And that brings me to why I want to call this episode The Big Picture. Now, I touched on this a bit in a previous couple of pods about progress over pride. If And this brings me to Kyrie. If you're him and you never played a full season in the years that LeBron was away and you never won more than 40 games and you're still talking about, I want it to be my team, it lets me know that you're not really seeing the big picture. If commercials in selling shoes is your thing, then that's fine. But that movie got made because he was on a championship roster. LeBron set a lot of this up for him. And what's fascinating about Kyrie is that I think Kyrie, perception-wise, is probably more so liked by LeBron um, than LeBron. And it's crazy because for all the stuff that people say about LeBron, if you were to look at his story as a blank slate, he would embody the American dream of that. This was a guy that looked at his situation and said, like, wow, what I'm doing is not working. Let me have enough humility to go to another situation with Dwayne Wade or I should learn how to win. And he went to an NBA final essentially with no other all-star on that team in the 07 season. And we'll hold that finals loss against him. But when you hear a story like Kyrie saying like, yeah, you know, there it was this story about Kyrie where he's like, uh, LeBron was kind of hinting that he's coming back. And he's like, well, I never really wanted him to come back. It just lets you know that he wasn't seeing the bigger picture. It's like, for example, Pau Gasol wouldn't be Pau Gasol until he got traded to the Lakers from the Grizzlies. And then he goes to three straight finals and wins two titles. Now he's a Hall of Fame big man who's a multiple champion. If he just stayed in Memphis, then he's just another really good, really good power forward who didn't win anything. And that's fine. There's a lot of guys that like to just make their money and that's it. But, you know, I just think it's kind of fascinating that if you're Kyrie, and I know he's been doing a lot of promotional interviews, and I know he kind of complimented LeBron by saying, yeah, James Harden, you know, won the MVP, but really kind of it leans more so towards LeBron being the most valuable. But I just think that a, a part of Kyrie probably just, you know, really wants to be acknowledged as the man. But when you got evidence that proves unlikely, then you kind of got to be smart enough to recognize that maybe I shouldn't be uh, in this seat 
Because there's some guys that recognize it. For example, with Dwayne Wade, people forget he won a championship before LeBron, but he went through a number of years where they were either missing the playoffs, which they did multiple times. He was out with an injury. And then the year before, when they got knocked out, before they signed him that summer, I think they got beat by the Celtics in five games. So Dwayne Wade, again, a guy that sees the big picture, was like, man, I need to get results. I don't care about this being the man stuff. So he recruited LeBron and Chris Bosh to come play with them there. And even to a fault and to the detriment overall their team, and it's because of their friendship, I think LeBron largely felt a little kind of uncomfortable because he knew where he was at. He knew, yeah, he may be the better player, but this is still his organization in terms of how he's going to be perceived and how he's going to be looked at. And it's the same thing right now that you're seeing with Kevin Durant and Steph Curry. And this is one thing I do give Steph Curry a lot of credit for is that he's incredibly self-aware. The fact that you're a two-time MVP, unlike Kyrie Irving, where you've already proven you're a championship guard, unlike Kyrie Irving he hadn't before without a major star at the time, you still go out and you recruit another player to play with you because it's like, I want results. Whatever you have uh, towards Steph Curry and his playing style, you can you know certainly comment on. I certainly have issues with a lot of times with the way he plays. Because even in comparison to Kyrie, Kyrie's not really a a flashy, like his game is flashy, but he's not disrespectful when he plays. That I give him a lot of credit for. Steph Curry is very, you know, disrespectful when he plays. But in terms of his personality off the court and how he handles seeing it, the big picture, he completely got it. That's why he recruited Kevin Durant. And that's why Dwayne Wade recruited LeBron James. So if you're Kyrie Irving and, you, and you're doing an interview where you're kind of promoting your movies, like you do kind of realize this is what helped you because people forget that first year when LeBron went there, they won. He got to the finals without him. He was injured in that Atlanta series. He didn't play at all. And Kevin Love was knocked out in the first round because of injury. So again, LeBron with a group of people that if he weren't on the team, they would be lucky if they made the playoffs, got to a finals and took, and one of the all-time teams at that time with the Warriors when they were just coming up to six games with Matthew Dellavedova as his second best player. Like, that's how great LeBron is, that he could take them six games with him as his second. And Kyrie was nowhere to be found because he was injured, like he is a lot of the times, and like he was this past playoff run. He's an injury-prone player. So to build your team around him, if I'm Boston, I'm thinking like, well... Do I really want to stay with him long term? But they'll also be fair to Kyrie when they initially released his list. He didn't mention them. He mentioned Denver, Minnesota, Miami, and the Knicks. So they did trade for a guy that showed no interest in being on their team. So you got to be fair to Kyrie on that. But um, that that's just something that people kind of got to keep in mind when they start talking about players and how you – and just you got to chase the right situation. And that's another thing. Money is a, always going to be a part of every equation of what we do in life, whether it's personally or professionally. It's just what does that, what rank do you have it at? It can't be number one. It can't. And you want to know why it's not number one? For example, LeBron James could have made more money staying in Cleveland, but he chose to give up 50 plus million dollars to go to L.A. because it's a better situation. It just logically makes more sense.
based off where he is at in his career and he went and how he's weighed the pros and cons of it. Kyrie Irving is going to have to kind of come to a realization of what does he want to be known for besides this, because you didn't have a winning season without him until he got there. And yeah, you can say, oh, well, he hit the shot to help to win the championship. Yeah, he did. He did his part. He did what a lot of guys who are great players are supposed to do. Make a play in a key situation. He hit a shot. LeBron got a block. Kevin Love got a stop. I know that rhymed, but that's true. He hit a shot. LeBron got a block. Kevin Love got a stop. All three guys that were brought on that team to contribute to them winning the championship did, did what they were supposed to do. And now he has a movie that justifies that. Because if you think LeBron had nothing to do with changing the narrative with Kyrie Irving's career, I, I don't know if you're really following. You're, you're probably not really following basketball. The reason why Kyrie sells shoes in China now is because he's a champion. They celebrate champions in China. Kobe Bryant was more popular than Yao Ming in China because he was a championship player. That's why Dwayne Wade wanted LeBron there because all of a sudden he was able to start selling more sneakers when he started becoming more of a champion. Two-time champion NBA champion Dwayne Wade. Then he's a three-time one. So that's what Dwayne Wade's career is forever going to say is he's a three-time NBA champion. And that's what you wanted to say. So those are just some of my thoughts on Kyrie's situation. I want to transition now into an interview that I saw recently with Dave Chappelle. And uh, he had an interesting comment in regards to the Me Too movement about how we're all just figuring out. And one of the things that I think was very fascinating about uh, his interview that was on this PBS interview clip that I watched was uh, when they were bringing up about things with jokes, and should he feel responsible of not saying certain things? He did mention something that I thought was very important is that we become so desensitized to seeing certain things on TV that there's a certain level of we're used to seeing images now where they used to be very like frustrating to see and, and disappointing to see. And now we've kind of got, you know, we know we got used to it. Now we just say it's sad. But then there's other instances where we've gotten to the point where we've gotten really overly sensitive and a part of what he was saying, especially in regards to the transgender community is it kind of reminds me of something similar to what Paul Mooney says. Everything's funny unless it's happening to you. So if you're going to a comedy club and you get upset about a certain joke, if you're that same person that was laughing at other jokes that were used to kind of highlight a characteristic or stereotype of the narrative of the story that they were explaining that you laughed at, well, then you kind of got to be ready to take that on the chin if someone says something that is related in your category. Because it's about inclusion. And inclusion is not always all good all the time. It's not. Like, for example, there's been plenty of comments that have made jokes about black guys not being the, uh, by not having fathers in the home or certain stereotypes about us from the way we walk, the way we talk. And a stereotype is there to show a narrative like, hey, this is a a, a character type because someone like this truly exists. And a lot of black men have to take that on the chin, just like black women, just like Hispanic people, just like Asian people, just like women. And just so for the transgender community, this is a great thing that, yes, they're being able to hopefully continue to come out. They should not be physically attacked, which I still don't understand why someone physically attacks anybody, especially for something like that. It's like, hey, if you don't agree, that's one thing. 
but there's no need to attack someone. But I do think a part of being a part of the the social dialogue and also being a part of the culture is that you have to be able to embrace all the good things that come with it and all the things that that doesn't favor you at times. So that's just some of the things, especially in regards to to that, that I've noticed a lot, because when people watch comedy specials now, people get so offended that they don't see the, the narrative of the joke or really the story. The satire is to set up what is really important about what this person is really saying. That's the point of it. If you're going to a comedy show and you're and you're ready to be offended or you're going to write a letter telling a comedian not to say something. I just, you know, at, at what point do, do we get to, you know, to say like, hey, I may not have thought the joke was funny or agreed with how he said it, but let me look at why this person thought this way and said it in terms instead of everything turns into someone needs to lose their job and you boycott them and want them to get rid of it and you demand an apology. Just I don't I don't get that that thinking. So what I would like for us to be able to do moving forward as we continue to grow, especially in the social media era that we're in, is for us to get a little bit more, not necessarily self-aware, but a little bit, not and not even thicker skin, but allowing certain things to be said and you actually digest it before it turns into someone needs to be boycotted and lose their jobs and not be able to work. Because at some point, then no one's going to be able to work. And just for the future, it's like not everything is going to be comfortable. And that's another thing that guys got to get used to with this Me Too movement. It's not designed for you to be comfortable. So those are just some of the thoughts that I have on uh, that those topics. I, I would love to get further into it going forward because I think uh, they're fascinating topics to discuss. I want to thank everyone for following me and listening to me on this show. Definitely check out my boy Dean, some of his podcasts that he's still doing, some of the music uh, breakdowns on some albums that have been recently out. My name is Jonathan Steele. Thank you guys so much for continuing to follow my pod. 